2: To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with
0: you from Carrie Hillson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a mm-hmm. hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen
2: to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
1: We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
2: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
3: What's up, Straight Fire fan? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, March 8th. I was all excited about today's podcast. A lot of good NBA games Monday night. I was like, all right, great slate. We'll have a lot of NBA to talk about. March Madness is his championship week. Gonzaga's in action out west. Like, a lot of hoops. And midway through Monday, I am driving back from the Fox studio. I do a gambling show with Cowherd. We're doing an NBA gambling show. And I my phone just starts to blow up with Calvin Ridley. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, honestly, when I see Calvin Ridley, you know, you're driving. You try not to look at the text too much. I see Calvin Ridley, and my first thought is, oh, no. I hope, you know, hope something bad didn't happen to him. You know, he left the league for half the season due to uh, the mental issues or mental illness, whatever you want to call it. But he he was not in a good place. He left. So I see Calvin Ridley on the text. I'm like, oh, geez. So I finally get to a stoplight and see it, and I'm like, oh, gambling? Calvin Ridley? Hello, this is a story. Um, and and folks, this is it's a big one. Uh, it got a lot of people into big arguments on social media. I try not to do too much on social media, outside of the big like sporting events where you know it pays to be on there. It's kind of fun. But the polarization on what should happen to Calvin Ridley after getting busted for gambling on the NFL. Now, there are layers to this. If you are not up on the story, you know, your Monday, you actually had to work like a real job, doing like real work. You have kids, family, whatever. You had to mow the lawn because you didn't do it on the weekend. Whatever the situation is. Calvin Ridley left the Falcons in early November because he was just not in a good place, he needed a mental break, so he leaves the Falcons. Calvin Ridley, of course, the former first-round pick out of Alabama, superstar uh, receiver at Alabama. I think we've talked about him on the podcast before, because Calvin Ridley was like an incredible high school football player, but he was so much older than everyone that he could only play a couple games his senior year because Calvin Ridley was then ineligible because he was too old to play high school football in the state of Florida. And that's how I kind of remember Ridley like popping because you don't get a lot of those. At any rate, Ridley goes to Alabama, tears it up, goes to the NFL, is putting up good numbers with Julio Jones. You're like, oh man, they got some cooking here. This is going to be good. And Ridley's having a good season. And they trade Julio. You're like, all right, Ridley's the number one. I drafted him in fantasy. And he leads halfway through the season with this, you know, mental or issue, a Ben Simmons-type problem. I don't know if I can say that or if it sounds bad, but I don't really know how to characterize this other than, like, I, I think it's safest to say Calvin really was not in a good place where so he leaves. Later in the month of November, three, four weeks after he leaves, it's Thanksgiving week. He's out of state. It's unclear, like, maybe he was back in the state of Florida. or No, he wasn't out of the state of Florida. He was gambling out of the state of Florida at a casino in Florida over an app. And obviously, if you're not in the state, I guess it triggers it, and and there's some kind of like internal investigation. And he's gambling on a couple NFL games. Now, the first question is, wow, did he have inside information? Is it shady? And this gets to the integrity issue in the NFL that we'll dive deep into, because that's the big problem here, and that's why you got the massive one-year suspension for this. But... If you read the nitty-gritty of what actually happened, essentially, Calvin Ridley was out of town Thanksgiving week, fired off a couple of parlays, like a five-team parlay, an eight-team parlay. The Falcons were included. He bet the Falcons would win in the parlay. Apparently, there were some player props in the parlay. I I am not in the habit of <laughs> parlaying props and signs, but nevertheless. And it gets flagged by DraftKings. DraftKings... I guess, discovers it's Calvin Ridley and says, oh, geez, this is an NFL player. We're a league partner. We need to turn in Calvin Ridley to the league. So the Falcons have known about this for a while. And if you remember, there was talk about Ridley getting traded and the Falcons, I guess, did not really entertain any of those because they knew this was coming. Several layers here. That's basically the story. There's nothing super shady about what Calvin Ridley was betting on. It's not like he was betting on, geez, I'm spacing on the other crappy Falcon receivers, but it's not like he was betting on, fine, we'll go Kyle Pitts. He was not betting on Kyle Pitts overs because he knew the game plan that Falcons were incorporating that late week in November. He was, that's not what was at play here. This was a guy who's a football lifer who was bored off his ass while he's away from the team And he just fired off some parlays. Oh, yeah, I got the Jets winning. I got the Falcons. I think the Titans win. You know, like that kind of deal. And now he's popped for a year, out for a year in the NFL. Now, this this became a major issue because a lot of people want to hammer Calvin Ridley for this and treat him like he is the worst person in the world, the biggest idiot. Obviously, he's not the brightest bulb on planet Earth. He is 27 years old. He was slated to make $11 million next season. He bet $1,500. Think about, let that settle in. Because he made $1,500 worth of bets, he jeopardized $11 million. Like, putting that in context is absolutely brutal for Calvin Ridley. I was like, I mean, I don't know how you justify that. Like, you've got to feel awful for the guy. He, re- I, he didn't go Henry Ruggs and totally nuke his career or life. But let's be honest, he's in his prime earning years. He's in the prime of his football career. We know once you get towards 31-ish, wide receivers usually break down. Okay? We saw Julio Jones start to kind of tail off. Ridley turns 28 in December let conservatively, if he takes care of himself, you know, no major injuries. He's got three good, really earning years left in the NFL. And now one of them is gone because he gambled on the NFL. Now, my only issue with this punishment is I thought it was too severe. I understand why it was severe. I still think it was too severe, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Should players be allowed to gamble on the NFL is something Tony Dungy, actually had a pretty smart tweet about this. I mean, I'm not the biggest Tony Dungy guy. I'm not a Tony Dungy hater. He just made a pretty good point. When we as a league encourage everyone to bet on our games, advertise betting on players' game stats, take in big money from gambling sites, and do everything we can to get our young people to embrace gambling, we can't be surprised when this kind of thing happens. That's a very good point, right? I mean... All your friends, if you're Calvin Ridley and you're hanging out with 10 guys who aren't in the league and they're your boys, what are they doing? They're playing fantasy football and they're gambling. If they like football, that's what they're doing. I mean, that's just the reality. Now, Calvin Ridley's got to be smarter and say, I can't really do that. But again, he wasn't playing. Calvin Ridley was, I don't know, was he inactive, Rob? I think he was inactive, right? Right. Yes, he was yeah. on the
1: non-football injury list. He was away from the team. Yeah. Inaccurate.
3: Now, again, I don't have the inner workings of whether or not Calvin Ridley was in team meetings like that week, and he, did he know game plans? Was he texting his boys? According to NFL uh, media, Rapaport, Mike Garafolo, these guys, there was no inside information shared. I, I don't. Maybe they confiscated Ridley's phone. Apparently, they just questioned him on it, and he was like, "Yeah, I, I did that." You know, he fessed up. There was no like. He wasn't trying to act like he. Well, no, no, that wasn't me. That was my friend on my phone. None of that crap. Ridley fessed up. So, and this I hate, of course, all the the media guys who hear from the league on this are like, "That's going to help Ridley's bid for reinstatement." Like, there's a chance he's not reinstated or something. Ah, and again, I'm saying this is too harsh. That being said, the integrity issue is the problem. You guys know this. We talk about it on the pod. I say it mostly in jest. If I lose a bet on a bad whistle, something sketchy, oh, this is fixed. Obviously, it's in jest. It's joking. Do I think there is an eye in the sky out there, someone on the take who is maybe possibly um, doing something at the replay booth in the official's ears where they're dividing up money? No, I don't think that's happening. Now, does that happen when like, I don't know, you know, third division Argentinian soccer, you bet your ass it does. Does that happen in obscure table tennis in Iran? Yeah, probably. But that's not happening in the NFL. It's just not. You Like, we can say, well, what about this call and this was sketchy? Yeah, bad calls happen. But to happen under the microscope of the NFL? I would say no chance. I mean, you don't want to end up sounding like a buffoon and say never say never. But... I'm sorry, guys. I just don't believe that that sort of thing is happening, especially with a guy like Calvin Ridley. He's making $11 million next year. What is the guy betting on the game, paying Calvin Ridley or whomever for a favorable call that will make him money in his bets? I mean, Calvin Ridley's going to... Now, this is where you laugh and say, Jay, wait a minute. Calvin Ridley just gambled $1,500 and jeopardized the $11 million. Who's to say he wouldn't have taken $500,000 from some whale in Vegas to drop a pass? And no, guys, I'm not going to talk about anybody who posted a video. Somebody, some jabronis puts clips together of Calvin Ridley catching passes and then, you know, not always going downfield. But, uh, I mean, that's the dumbest video I've seen. Like, a bunch of people deleted it. It, it doesn't mean anything. But I can understand why the NFL definitely wants to make an example of Calvin Ridley and they want to set the bar high for hey, if you're caught gambling on games, it's a year. Like they they I I understand why they need to do that, but just I guess part of me on the inside feels, damn, that is screwed up.
0: What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow, too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. If
4: I could be you. And you could be me
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: I went on The Odd Couple on Monday, the Broussard Parker show, and I kind of liken gambling to speeding. Like, right, every you go on the highway right now, everybody's speeding. I mean, in LA, there's a shit ton of bad drivers who are awful, and some of them are doing, like, the exact limit in the right lane. It's (laughs) unbelievable. That being said, the majority of people are speeding above the speed limit. You could give out tickets left and right. The majority of people out there are gambling on the NFL. I would venture to guess. I don't have the exact number of players on NFL rosters. I mean, what what do you want to say? 1,600, 1,700? I would gather there's more than one Calvin Ridley betting on NFL games. Now, maybe they're doing it in a different way with a pool or um, they have a friend betting for them, but it's extremely naive to think that Calvin Ridley is the only one. So what do they do? They throw the book at him, make an example of him. I feel bad for the guy, but it's tough for me to hear an argument, a logical sound argument where Chris Godwin and Tom Brady and Justin Herbert should be allowed to bet on games. Um, Because it's one of those slippery slopes where if you say, okay, you're allowed to bet on um, games that are not involving your team. Okay, well, you know, you went to college with this guy who's on that team and you guys are buddies and you follow each other on social media. And here's a picture of you guys vacation together. Is there an exchange of information? Like what's happening? And then you get into those murky situations where it's like, you know what, maybe the safest one is to just have, if you're in the league on a team, you're not allowed to gamble. But then there's still questions. Because, all right, let's say you're on the Detroit Lions. Your team does not make the playoffs. Like, what's a big deal if you're gambling on the playoffs in January when you're out? Your team has been eliminated. You have, like, the seventh pick in the draft. Should you be allowed to gamble on games? But then it comes back to, does this guy have inside information from his friend? Not all that different from sources say and you know you start digging into the sources well this guy has a good friend who's on his team if you remember there was um uh who who was it i think it was a 49ers coach kyle shanahan was super close with somebody chris sims do you remember this rob yep they both went to texas i think they both got tattoos together which is they did you know whatever um and it's like every... Chris Sims said they want... Who, who did he say they wanted to draft? Was it Trey Lance? Mac Jones. No, he said they wanted Mac Jones. And everybody said, well, they're best friends. Of course, they talk. They hang out. They got tattoos together. Yeah, he must know. They didn't get Mac Jones. Um, so, Rob, it's just one of those weird situations, and this is probably going to come up a little more. Would not be surprised if it comes up in the NBA. I I think it ultimately boils down to an integrity issue, and, and I kind of feel a little bit bad for Calvin Ridley. At the same time, I understand, and I would hope he could, his appeal, he's got three days to appeal. I would hope he can make a passion plea like, hey, man, I screwed up. Don't make an example of me. I made a mistake. I fessed up. Can you give me a month off? Can you just give me like a four-game suspension as opposed to an entire year? Like, that's devastating, man. That is absolutely brutal and I don't know, Rob. I I, I just, I feel, I feel a little bad for the guy. Oh, me too.
1: And, and you know, first reason, I know this is going to sound, you know, like I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. I, you've seen the movie Two for two for the Money with uh, Al Pacino, oh, Matthew classic. McConaughey, right? Right. And so they go and meet that guy, Mr. Novian, at his big, you know, mansion. He's got a yacht and he has to do you rent the yacht? And he's like, no, Who, oh, I own it. Who's the guy?
3: It. Al- is it Asante? Do you remember his real I name? I don't know. The, I think I it's Armand actors, Asante. Man. I, I don't know. Okay. But
1: he, he asked them, like, how much do you bet per game? He says a million dollars a game across the board. He's like, all right, well, you know, is that our, our max? Or is there room to, you know, add a little bit more? And he he's laughing at him, like, yeah. why, like, why would I add more? And he says, well, with the kind of money that you have, how much do you have to actually lose before you'd feel the win? Yeah. And it's like Calvin Ridley makes $11 million a season. Even if he hits the five-team parlay, the, the 18 parlay Cause he's, I'm sure he said he didn't bet 1500 per bet He bet 1500 total yeah So if he's betting 500 on each one Is he really making enough to where he's like Yeah like I, I got the itch now You know I won 5000 I won 10,000 It's like bro you probably spent that much on dinner Last <laughs> weekend with two of your homies Like that That's where I, I feel bad for him in that regard That's number one but number two And I think I know you don't like Tony Dungy I think he made a great point though like The NFL has seven different partnerships with sports wagering shops, whether it's Caesars, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, pick your favorite one. I don't understand how they can be that intertwined with sports gambling and have a rule that not only says, can you not bet on NFL games? They take it a step further. They can't bet on any sporting event, period. They can't bet on the NBA. They can't bet on Major League Baseball. They can't bet on March Madness. They can't bet on the Olympics. They can't bet on the World Cup. Can't bet on March Madness. Oops. Nothing.
3: That's where I draw the and line. And
1: it's like, how on one hand can you say, hey, check out Patrick Mahomes and the uh, Chiefs taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Chiefs, minus three, but you know there's an injury. You know We don't know if Travis Callis is going to play. He could affect the line. While also saying, but we don't want you guys actually making bets. Like the only reason why an injury report exists in sports is for gambling. The only reason at all. Yeah. So I just think it's a little bit hypocritical for them to have this hard stance against gambling while also promoting it. And I, I just think that, you know, it's kind of similar this. I know this is a, a rough comparison, but it's the best I can come up with. You know, I'm not as smart as Jason (laughs) McIntyre, but the NBA had a marijuana problem, quote unquote, problem for a long time. It's been openly talked about on many different interviews, many different podcasts, many different magazines. A lot of guys were smoking weed because they didn't like to take the shot. They didn't want to be on the painkillers, and they found that was a better alternative for them. Mm -hmm. So the NBA says rather than have these guys jump through hurdles, to mask what they're doing, to be sneaky about it. We're just going to stop testing for it and do everything above board. So at least, hey, if you're using it, we know you're using it. Why can't the NFL say, hey, we're so deep into gambling as it is. We know, just like you said, Jason, Calvin Ridley is not the only guy doing this. Definitely not, yeah. Why don't we make it so that, hey, if you want to bet on games, you have to use Caesar Sportsbook, whatever you all have to register using your ID. It's going to be linked to your mm. uh, employee ID or whatever team that you play for, so we know exactly who you're betting on and how you're betting.
3: So you're so you want all the players to bet through one place where it's everybody knows who's who's. Bet. I mean, I guess you don't have to announce it like that, but no. As but long like as the th- league, they is can absolutely in control. do that. Yeah,
1: like they, they the the leagues have professional car services so that if you're drunk on your ass on a wednesday night you can get picked up without getting spotted by the paparazzi or the cops
3: right they, that, they, they, they want yeah. to
1: protect the shield and they go out of their way to do so why can't they do it in this situation too
3: hmm. that's interesting where you basically say hey you it is that almost like when you are you know maybe you're 18 years old 19 you go to college you come back for winter break and you want to you know you've been drinking all semester every weekend in college and you come back and like you want to drink and your parents are like you know i'd I'd rather you just stay home and drink you can invite your friends over i don't want you out there getting in any problems right we know what you're doing in the basement but what we know it's here i mean i guess that you know hmm, it's not a terrible idea rob I wonder. If he- I mean, because look, if if a guy and I, I don't think this is happening.
1: But if a guy really wanted to game the system, if he wanted to, you know, shave points, or he knew something that wasn't readily available, that you know, uh, Aaron Jones's foot injury is much worse than what people are letting on. Even though he's questionable, we know he's not going to play. Blah 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 blah, and he, and they do something like that, then they can do that anyways. Now, it's not hard for me as a random guy who has produce a podcast and a radio show to hit up a someone else I know says, Hey, can you make this bet for me that Jason McIntyre is going to get fired on Wednesday? You know, it's not hard for me to do that if I, if I really wanted to. So the best way to ensure that these kind of things don't happen is to just be above board about it.
2: Mm.
1: Be like, look, we, we all know that you have access to this information. We all know that you can do it anytime you want to. Anyways, we would then just prefer that you do it in these different okay. locations and make it
3: as clean as possible. What if, the, what if then, you know, so then the league knows how much you're betting on, who you're betting on. I mean, what if somebody comes in and says, hey, I want, uh, want 250000 on the Rams in the Super Bowl, and this guy was a former teammate of Odell Beckham. Is that a red flag? Do, are they like, what do you know? Are they going to ask him? And then I guess the second layer to that is, do you want the league knowing that you're gambling? I mean, what if you dig a hole and you start, you know, you lose $500,000 or you lose a million bucks. Are the, is the league going to cut you off then? Are they going to say, Hey, we are looking out for your best interest, but how is it different if they're doing it on their own anyways? Like that, that's my only, because then, then, okay. then it's just them losing and only they know it's another one when the entire, when the league knows and your the, employer and your J- boss,
1: Jason, you, you've worked in sports around sports for what? Two decades.
3: Pretty much.
1: Okay. You cannot tell me that these teams, these coaches, your teammates don't know what's going on.
3: Well, that now that's interesting. You've
1: worked at Fox Sports for what, five, six, seven, eight years. You know, a lot more behind the scenes involving producers, talent, directors, management than you can ever actually say publicly. But you know what's going on. This is the exact same thing in sport in, in football.
3: Right, but I would, you know, I mean, this. I hope this doesn't sound egotistical. I would consider myself one of the guys in the locker room as opposed to, like, management who knew, like, where the bets are or whatever, you know? Like, I that That does seem like a good idea. I just, I wonder if some players would be like, you know, what? I just don't want the league, I don't want them knowing what I'm doing in my spare time. And I, I will find this interesting. I just put this together. But, because I mentioned Henry Ruggs earlier, he was on my mind. Henry Ruggs, Alabama. Calvin Ridley, Alabama. These are guys who go to the NFL. Nick Saban has them under lock and key, total of control. I don't recall either of them getting in trouble in school. And they get out of the league and do just dumb, dumb things. There was also a Alabama defensive lineman on the Jets who tried to bring a gun through an airport. Uh, there was, and I, I don't want to just pick out Alabama guys here. I'm sure there's plenty around there. Uh, around the NFL who have made these kind of ups, But the Alabama ones are heightened. Who was the linebacker who got in that massive issue? I think he was a Raider. Um, Rolando McClain? Rolando, yes, Cowboy and Raider. I mean, these Alabama guys are just getting away from home, Alabama, where Saban has them in control, and they're just making extremely poor life decisions. I wonder if somebody writes that column. What's the deal? With all these Alabama guys who make it to the league and just totally implode. And I'm not talking on the field, I'm talking off the field. Like Orlando McClain was, oh my gosh. Uh, And there's a couple others, I I just can't think of them off the top of my head because this just hit me. But I, I don't, do you think these guys would want the league knowing what they're doing? Well, outside of work, I you know gambling two hundred thousand on games. Like, are they gonna are they gonna say like, hey, we're cutting you off? Like, you know, casinos not cutting them off. <laughs> These guys who stink at gambling, they want those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm not that, That's a, that's a pretty good point.
3: I like, mean, I mean, think about it. Fox Sports Radio. They don't know what you're like. We talk gambling a lot. Do they know what you're laying? I mean, I know my employers know. No, I, I know. mean they, they don't really know. But, but it's also which,
1: not prohibited
3: where I work. This is true. Thing.
1: And I and I, I and and I'm not gonna say that I'm the most plugged in guy there is, but I probably have just as much information as the sharp gamblers do in Vegas, just because of where I work, you know, I have access to all the media people that I want who who have all the dirty details on every team that there is. It's not hard for me to reach out to a guy who covers the Panthers. That's what's going on, with Christian McCaffrey. You know, like I don't I don't need to know that kind of information. It's just it. It, it's a, it's a situation where the NFL i think is is like you said trying to make an example out of Calvin Ridley yeah. because it's so much easier to shine a spotlight on this one guy and point it out as a single problem rather than show a smaller light at everybody yeah and and even fantasy football like how many guys do we know that go on you know Yahoo Sports podcast NFL whatever pick your favorite outlet and they talk about the fantasy teams that they're involved in. How many guys do you know, Jason, play fantasy football and have nothing at stake for it? They just play for bragging rights.
3: I don't know anybody who does that. Do
1: you? You think Austin Eckler, when he's doing these interviews, <laughs> talking about <laughs> like, "Hey, I think you guys should pick me in in uh, in fantasy this year." You think he says that because he just wants like, "Hey, you can pick me, Austin Eckler," or because he knows he's going to be used a lot and he's going to score a lot of touchdowns, and him and his buddies might have a $10,000 buy-in in the league that they're playing whatever it is.
3: <laughs> uh, fantasy's an interesting one. I mean that that then leads to the question of daily fantasy, you know? Yep. I mean there's a lot of money to be made there. I don't dabble in that as much. Um I you know I'm in heavy into fantasy, but um listen, the Calvin Ridley thing is a massive story kind of sliding under the um under the radar is some of the chatter we're starting to hear a lot more free agency stuff, Aaron Rodgers rumors, Russell Wilson. Like it's starting to pick up. I'm just telling you guys right now. I think next week is going to be absolutely bonkers with NFL, NCAA tournament, and the NBA play NBA playoffs will be like ten games away. So it's going to get crazy pretty quickly, and um, I, I'm excited. I'm here for it.
2: For all you tape heads, we're back. Tape heads draft season. You may be saying, wait, isn't the season over? But hey, it's draft season. And this NFL podcast gives you the inside slant on all the top prospects. I'm Bob Weschusen, and I'm joined by NFL Films' Greg Cosell, who studies the tape and provides the real story on which prospects fit which system and which are likely to make the most impact in the National Football League. Give us just a a look from 30,000 feet, Greg, at this quarterback class as a whole and how good they might be. I think one of the things we will get into detail about, Bob, is the balance now between movement by quarterbacks, what we call second reaction movement, the ability to make improvisational plays, what's the balance between that and pocket efficiency? Tapeheads draft season takes you from the combine right to the draft stage in Las Vegas. Listen to Tape Heads draft season on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts
0: Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat.
1: Visit NHTSA.gov
0: slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: Real quick on the NBA. I I don't want to make much of the Lakers lost in San Antonio. LeBron did not play. You know, this was one of those games, though, that I think we called it on the pod yesterday, did we not? LeBron's going to sit out one of these three? Yep. And this was supposed to be a Russell Westbrook showcase. Russell Westbrook was 5 of 14 from the field. 0 for 2 from 3. 7 of 13 from the foul line. Like, the Lakers, as a team, missed 7 free throws. Russell Westbrook missed six of them. Five turnovers, six assists. Just, I don't know, guys. I, I thought Horton Tucker would look to me like the best Laker on the floor. Carmelo can make shots, but he can't get stops. It, it's not, listen, it's a loss, but at the same time, they're not, they don't lose any ground because Portland got smacked around. They didn't have Anthony Simons. It was a Monday where a lot of guys sat out. Steph Curry did not play. Warriors lose again. James Harden was back. Um, and, and the, I think the most interesting score, and I, I just want you guys to continue to watch this team, Luka Doncic and the Mavs. Now, I know nobody cares, and this is buried in the deck 25 minutes into the podcast. Luka had a phenomenal game. This was a first-round playoff preview. It likely, almost certainly will be Jazz-Mavs. The Jazz were at full strength. Donovan Mitchell was awful. He's not a good matchup against the Mavs. They have the good defenders for him. And when you shut him down, if Bogdanovich doesn't hit 53s, he hit 11 the other night. They struggle. And Luka got into it with Rudy Gobert again. They don't like each other. Luka had a phenomenal 35-16-7. Spencer Dinwiddie is seriously emerging. They started him and he is such a bucket getter 53s for Dinwiddie I'm Rob I'm just telling you this team is deadly and they were blowing out Utah for much of that game before like a late Utah rally made it moderately interesting i i know everybody's all smit with Memphis and oh it's the suns and the warriors are fading fast I, I, rob i will not I, I will not be shocked if the luka doncic and the mavs make the finals I, and I will be thrilled because I bet them plus 2,300. I know it sounds crazy. People are like, come on, <laughs> who's, your, who's your second best player? I, I, yeah. I, you're not, you're not I feeling mean, this. It, listen, no, Finney Smith, I, by the way, so, he's a, such a good role player. He's ex, I don't want to say he's Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday made an all-star game. Remember when he went to the Bucks? But Finney Smith comes in, knows exactly what to do. I'm going to play defense. I'm going to rebound the basketball, and I'm going to play defense. That's it. I'm, they're not asking me to do jack squat. Luca, you do everything. Reggie Bullock, I'm coming in, jack and threes. Uh, Bertans, I'm here for threes. Max and Kleber, D at three. Like everybody knows their role, and if Luca gets his, and nobody can stop him, I think the sky's the limit. I'm telling you, I know it's not a great move for the NBA for Luca to get to the finals. It's like, you know, a uh, European guy, and like not a not really a sexy team like the Lakers or the Warriors. I, I really like Dallas a lot. I need to hammer it home, guys, that this is a squad to watch. They don't have to play the Clippers this time. You remember it was, it was Kawhi and Paul George the last two years, and Luka pushed him, I think, seven and six, right? Yes. You don't seem that impressed. Uh, uh,
1: no, I mean, Luka's fantastic, but it's really, really, really difficult when your entire offense revolves around one guy. Because inevitably there's going to be times where he has to sit. And they don't run a lot of unique actions. They don't have a secondary creator unless you want to count Jalen Brunson. But he only really does it when Luca's out of the game. So you could have a situation like, you know, when LeBron was in Cleveland the last few years where he plays forty four minutes and he's plus seven. And then in those four minutes he's out, they're minus eleven and they lose. You know, like that's the kind of situation that you're dealing with. I will say this is not the Dallas Mavericks of a couple of years ago when they didn't play any defense, which is why Kawhi and Paul George were able to, st- you know, still win those series, even though Luka went God mode in each of them. They do play phenomenal defense. Jason Kidd's done a great job. I just don't think once they get to the second round, I think they'll, they'll get out of around this year, but the, the teams are, are too well coached at that level to allow Luka to just do everything and get everyone else involved. They're either going to make him just a scorer or just a facilitator, but not both.
3: Yeah, if the Jazz do um, lose to the Mavs, it would set up Dallas, possibly, likely Phoenix, in the second round. And, I I mean, Mikael Bridges is a really good defender. You know, Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker against Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, yeah, huge edge uh, to the Phoenix Suns huge. But I, I for some reason, Rob, I'm just I don't I don't think this is the greatest Phoenix Suns team ever. If memory serves, they struggled after didn't Paul George get hurt last year? Yes. Right. And they struggled with that. No, them. it was it was Kawhi who got hurt. Oh, Kawhi got hurt. Right, right. And Paul George was left. And Paul yep. George like I think pushed him to six. Yes. And I Remember, they but got this, lucky this, against the Lakers. This
1: Phoenix team is better than that Phoenix team. Oh. When they're fully healthy, this Phoenix team is is, I think, the best team in basketball.
3: Ooh, spicy! All right, so they played a home back to back with Dallas at home in November, one by seven, one by eight, and it looks like they have not played. Oh no way! They beat them by eight in another meeting. Oh boy! So they're undefeated against Luca's team. Interesting.
1: But okay. their issue is again, Chris Paul's got a messed up thumb, and uh, Devin Booker has COVID. So, you know, oh, Devin, <laughs> like, I didn't even know Devin Booker had COVID. Yeah, wow. Devin, Devin Booker's been out for a few games.
3: Oh so, man! So uh, the other problem by the is time that happens. It like Chris Paul's healthy. I don't know how do you and again we're looking way ahead, but like the DeAndre Ayton thing, he's a terrible matchup for the Mavs. Like they're going to just space the floor, and remember the the Clippers basically could had to go no center because they're going to just put. Aiton in every Luca pick and roll, and he's going to play him off the floor because Aiton does not move his feet that well at the perimeter on the perimeter. Like he's really good inside. Uh-uh. Gosh, listen. As soon as the Lakers get ousted, assuming they do, I am throwing my hat. And if, uh, but you know, obviously I'm a Curry Lebron guy. I know that sounds cheap, but whatever. I don't care. I like those guys. Uh Luke is going to be the third team I vote for. Nobody in the East. I'm rooting for Knicks. Won't even be in the playoffs. Just for you,
1: if once my Lakers get eliminated, I'm rooting for a Dallas-Boston Finals. Just so you can get Tatum and Luca in the finals. Oh that's gosh! All that I want for
3: you. Oh man, that's that all would, I want for you. That'd be ridiculous. Um. All right. So, I just want to say one final thing. We had a pretty damn good response to last week's interview with TV writer, um, from the show Bell Air. It was very well I received. Ephraim Salam. Yep. Yeah. Ephraim Salam. The, the numbers were good. And I i don't know, guys. I watched this show, uh, the new Lakers show on HBO Max. What's it called, uh, Rob? Winning Time. Winning Time. Have you, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I thought the first episode was awesome. Rob, your thoughts. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah.
1: I thought it was great.
3: Like a good blend of historical perspective and comedy. Now I don't know how accurate it is, but we are trying to get a writer on from that show this week because the reaction to Bel Air's podcast last week was so good. He from Salam delivered. I I hope you guys. I would say, how's this homework assignment for the podcast listeners? Check out that show on HBO Max. Winning time, you know, uh, Showtime Lakers from the eighties. The first episode to me was good. Now. Rob, on some of these streaming shows, they just make all the episodes available, right? Correct. Can I just jump on and watch the first several episodes or no?
1: No. Uh, they're They're releasing this one the same way that, like, Game of Thrones gets released, where it's one
3: episode a week. Yeah. Not a huge fan of that. (laughs) Because I I liked it, you know, and I had some downtime, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Okay, yeah. You know, the Magic Johnson character is not bad. Um the, the Jerry West character is awesome. I didn't know Jerry West was that much of a prick. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, but did. I will say,
1: and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there is a reason why none of the guys on the Showtime Lakers or anybody around the Lakers now, the front office, Genie Buss, the Ramby, whoever, there's a reason why none of them have endorsed this, oh, this show. Oh,
2: yeah, of course.
3: <laughs>
1: because it Jeannie is Buss so... Genie Buss would
3: definitely never endorse this.
1: It is so raw and, and they do it from a, of a comedic perspective, but... From what I gather, most of it is true. It's all based in reality. They just kind of dress some things up to make it more yeah,
3: dramatic. I, I never but, did the Jerry Buss deep dive, but I didn't realize he was hanging at the Playboy Mansion and how, oh he, yeah. made, how he made his money and the cheating on the wife. And all. And again, that's not like a spoiler. You can look up Jerry Buss on Wikipedia and read his stuff. I, I, did, I, I hadn't read anything really about him. Fun character. I like him. I like West. I like Magic. Really, nobody I... I don't like other than well I won't. the guy who sold the, <laughs> the lakers uh, yes i didn't know his story that guy's a, oof, good character anyways all right that's enough sports for today we'll talk to you tomorrow
1: when a trivial accusation started on an anonymous internet forum the korean hip-hop star tablo was at the top of his game but then rumors started to spread that he wasn't who he said he was i'm dexter thomas the host of a new podcast from vice about a bizarre conspiracy it turned into an international obsession. Uh, 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 Listen to Authentic, the story of Tableau on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
4: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic
0: novela, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
4: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9 Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen.